everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mysterious Pow Show. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by my best pal. You call him Jordan. Here we go. <laughs> His pals call him Joey. Oh. His dad call him Spicy Toes. <laughs> Old Spicy Toes Joey. And I want to thank him for being here today, for being with me and being my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, pal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today we're going to be going over something that I think is really strange, also not really well known. But at first I want to ask you, Jordan, what is the craziest YouTube channel you've ever watched? Craziest channel you've ever followed, watched, continue to watch, seen? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to tell you my answer. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So I'll, I'll I'll stew it over while you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stew it in. Stew it in. Stir that stew up. Spice it up. Bow, bow, bow. Spicy um, toes. Spicy toes that stew up. I would love <laughs> if, that's, if that's how you stew your. Is that how you stew <laughs> it up? It's just like. <laughs> it's just your, just your big toe and you're like the next one, whatever that big one is. It's always weirder, longer than the big toe. King toe, whatever. I think that's a, that's a Seinfeld episode. But anyway, I'd like to tell you about this episode. This, I'm going to put it like in a on the screen somewhere. Um, I look like a cat when I did that. Um, it's called Creason, Creason English. Okay, so Creason is, I guess, the is the YouTube channel, but English is the English version of it because I guess they're from Ukraine or Russia or a combination of it. So is it get dubbed? Or it, yes. Or translated? Okay. Yes. And the, and the best part about this, so the translations are awesome. Because it's one guy doing all the voices of the people in the videos. And so there's Christian English, but then there's like his friend, Super Seuss, who really, who's the one who who got me in. Super okay. Seuss is this, I, I don't know how old he is. He's like a person who could be 10, could be 65. He just has, like, he has a look about him where you're like, you're not sure of his like age. He could is be it, like, is it like the Andy, what was that one kid? That, uh... Benjamin Button? <laughs> That's a movie. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt. And he's yeah. Zilinakis or that, that kid was, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, okay, no. So okay. Andy Milanakis. Milanakis, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, just, yeah he just looks still looks young. He's been doing Or the the best example of this, Jonathan Taylor Thomas from oh, Tool Time. Man. Or from Home Improvement, sorry. JTT. JTT. Baby. What a king of my middle school years. <laughs> Home improvement. Yeah. Amazing show. Uh who's someone who never grew up, apparently. Yeah. Anyway. This person, so Super Seuss. How did wait first? How did you come across this in the first place? Uh, I got a lot like, of time to do nothing. Was it just like something that, like you were watching something else and then you went to something yes, else? Yes, of course. Yeah, else, so, so I, I've mentioned this before. Like I, I watch a lot of weird stuff on YouTube, and for some reason, it always goes back to like these these very specific channels I watch that are like abandoned mines. And yeah, like towns yes, and yes. People are like ghost town living. Yeah, yeah. So this group, yes, they sneak into Chernobyl, but they, I don't know how the hell they do it because they seem to get caught a lot. Um. They like have an apartment in Chernobyl. Apparently, it's like a. It's, so they're for, they're from Ukraine. Okay. I guess some of them may be from Russia. I'm not sure their lineage, but in any case, Creation is one guy. But there's others. Friends are always involved in the videos, so it's lots of people. There's a girl named Paulina who apparently lives in America now. I want to say, but I'm not positive. But anyway, and I'm not even sure when these videos are going to play. But they go anyway. When you look it up, all the videos are like we went to Pripyat. We are living, we're remaking our, our apartment in Pribyat. They like made our own apartment. They have electricity running to it. They, they like, um, they have it hidden. It gets destroyed at one point. Someone goes in and smashes it. They are like caught sometimes. They build a, uh, 
like an actual thing that goes on the train tracks that's like battery operated and they ride that in. It's real what? small. Yeah. They ride it into the city. They, if you look them up, the one video that pops up a lot is Super Seuss going swimming in the water underneath, like in one of the reactors. Like he's like going swimming in it. Is he wearing like gear? No. Like protective gear? No. And then they, in another episode, they go and like they get checked to see if they're irradiated. They're, they're fine, apparently. <laughs> Like, now, whether so this is all fake... So they're just like, we're going in, no matter the consequences? They, they go eat in like the cafeteria in Chernobyl because there's like, they have people that work there. And they go to like the cafeteria and eat as if they work there. Because the, sometimes they dress up as if they're working work workers. Where are they getting food from? There's a, there's a well, first off, they say that people, they have like delivery services. Okay. They like, they break a car into it one, one time. They're driving on a car in there. It's nice, man. But anyway, they like stay there a lot and they like go on these adventures. They find like this. It's crazy. But anyway, there's well, there's like workers that work there at the plant. Still. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so yeah, they yeah, have yeah. a big, they have like a whole thing there. They have like uh, a cafeteria and stuff. Okay. So like they go to the cafeteria and eat and there's just like lunch ladies that work there. Are they just pretending like they work there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sometimes they do. Man, the balls on these people. But they're called stalkers. Apparently there's this huge group of them. Some of them like. Go, I've watched videos about like they go there and like I watched this one Kyle Hill another he does a lot of like educational type of stuff but he's awesome um, he goes and like talks about how some are stalkers that like will go there and fix stuff to make it because there's so much ever since that HBO show there's so much like tourism there mm-hmm. like they'll go like there's stalkers that will go specifically break stuff up so people stop going there there's stalkers will go there and restore it back to its normal thing after it gets broken up it's like this whole secondary world type of thing. They're anyway, called, they're called stalkers. Stalkers from that game, video game stalker. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so Creason, great channel. So many videos that are so insane. They're just doing like they're going to. A lot of them are going to Pripyat. They have a lot of people in them. A lot of different characters. Super Seuss, amazing channel. Um, it, it's unbelievable. So the great part about it about it is the person that. The guy that does the dubs, a lot of times he's like, it's one person doing all the voices. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know what the translation method is. I don't know if it's like, he's not, anyway, they apparently they pay or whatever, pay this person or whatever. But anyway, uh, there was one video that was dubbed by a different couple of different people and people in the, like people in the comments were like, hell no, go back to the old guy. (laughs) And the old guy is a lot better. But anyway, he is so awesome because sometimes he says, it, whenever they said holy moly, he says holy molly every time. Whether they actually say holy moly or they're yeah. saying something different, he always says holy molly. In any case, it's well, awesome it's experience. Show, like languages. It seems like this guy's like not too fluent, but like yeah. he he obviously does these entire videos. It's mm. awesome. Anyway, that's one of my new stumbling blocks that I've gotten lost to. Stalkers. I've gotten lost in this this Creation Super Seuss. They have, the, I guess, Russia has their own like Facebook called VK or something. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what it is. I stumbled into that, which I couldn't read anything, obviously. But I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of weird stuff going on in my life. Mine, yeah, mine. The only thing that came to mind is nothing like that. Just um, I've been watching it a while, but I was really into the bad lip reading for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great show. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's sports, so, the movies. Yeah, the best great. one is the NFL ones. Oh yeah, yeah, like Hambone. <laughs> All right, so boom. All right, so this week we're gonna get into something that is one is one of those mysteries that's kind of not really well 
documented or not well researched, not a lot of information out there about it. There are some books. Some of them are in different, like some of them are in German, I believe, and um, or different parts of Europe, like different countries have, have some like people have done some pretty significant work on this subject. But mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about a mummy that got me already. A mummy from love, an Egyptian mummy okay. that was discovered to have been wrapped in a book that was written in the Etruscan language. And we're going to go over what the Etruscans were. All right, so a mummy was wrapped, Egyptian mummy was wrapped in a book from the, in the Etruscan language. language. Right. So it's called the Liber Lintius. Okay. And it was. Do you think it was more of a scroll, maybe? Like how, how big it was of a called book was this? a linen book. It okay. was quite lengthy. We're going to get into what it actually is because it's it's difficult to translate the Etruscan language because there's not a lot of records of it. And, okay. and we're going to go over who they were and stuff like that. But in any case, it's called the Liber Lintius, also known as the Linen Book of Zagreb. It's an ancient Egyptian. It's an ancient text that was wrapped around an, an Egyptian mummy. mummy. Okay. And if we know how the, how the Etruscans, if we understand the Etruscans were from modern day Italy. Mm-hmm. Before the Romans. The Iron Age. Okay. Yeah. And Egyptian, the ancient Egyptian. Classical, came, yeah, yeah. Yeah, later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is two groups that. Never, never, probably proof ever. Proof that they never really yeah, interacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that had any overlap, especially at this level. Yeah, it, it's, it, when I stumbled onto this somehow, I, I was writing this episode and I was like, I really want to do something about ancient Egypt because I think it's such a cool. Yeah. Obviously, ancient Egypt in the historical sense is like one of those like top tier. If you're going to go to the top, the tiers of like yeah. history, it's like Rome, Egypt, Greece. Yeah. 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 The yeah. classical period. Yes. Plus, I think it's cool that like we're, we're you know, we're, we're trying to branch out of just the Western world yeah. with certain stuff. It's hard. It's like, it is. I've been trying. I've been, it's hard. It's hard just finding a topic. Because I'm sure like this, I know this, this Etruscan language is like, it's not fully been deciphered no and so to this day it's something that's and we'll get into it like what the etruscans were and who they were and i think i like the etruscan art that has been survived for them a lot there's sculptures and stuff like that are really cool so this is known as one of the oldest surviving examples of the etruscan language so this is not only is it crazy that it ended up finding its way to modern history Mm. um modern times in the in this way it's traveled through time in some cases um, but it traveled there in an unlikely way, being that it came yeah. through on a mummy. Yeah, and the, came, all that. But it was like they, like you said, they're they're in modern day Italy, and ends up in Egypt. Egypt, and then it ends up wrapped in a mummy. How does that? Yeah, that's crazy. You being used to wrap a mummy, and then somehow gets to uh, modern day Croatia. Modern day Croatia. That's how it ends up. Yeah. Jeez. And it's either Hungary or Croatia. I, I'm trying. I may be mixing it up. It may be a, a Croatian man who's from Hungary who lives in Hungary. Uh, but we'll get to it. So the the Etruscan civilization thrived in ancient Italy from the eighth century BCE to the third century BCE. So a long time ago, before Rome. Yep. And it was kind of the precursor, maybe in some cases. Before we get into the Liber Lintius, what it was, we want to talk again because it was so long ago. The Etruscans, who they were, mm-hmm. and ancient Egypt was also a long time ago. But I mean, that lasted for like you know, thousands and thousands yeah, of years. Ancient yeah. Egypt was a big, yeah. long time frame. So it's kind of like the Etruscans 
I'm not sure how their their time frame ranked or mm-hmm. like kind of compared, but in any case, we know that from the eighth century to third century BCE was generally from what we know. I know there's been a lot of tombs found, Etruscan tombs. Okay. But like a lot of the writing and stuff is kind of hard to to find. Yeah. For whatever reason. Imagine like Egypt is being old as it is, like there had to been some kind of overlap between those two civilizations. Not necessarily that they that they interact with each other, but like time wise, there yeah. had, I feel like there had to been the Etruscans actually were and I said eighth century, I meant uh but I'm I misspoke. They sh- they were from the 900s, so it'd been 10th, 10th century. century yeah. yeah, up until th- BC the third century, they say. But I think they started their downfall started around then, and they actually in then in 90 BCE they started getting yeah, kind of accepted or granted citizenship into the Roman in Empire. Empire. Okay, and and so the Egyptians were from 4300 BC BCE. Okay. And they started to their downfall was around, I think, the kind of like end of that was like 300s BC. So they were around for, yeah, yeah. So they were, there was an overlap. There was an overlap, yeah. yeah. Okay. But at the same time, this doesn't mean that they're doesn't necessarily, mean they actually were hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. They're not necessarily, you know, communicating with one another or trading with right. another. So that, uh, again, the Etruscans, and this will go in just the short backstory of the Etruscans, who were an ancient civilization, they were around in modern day Italy. And you said they were Bronze Age, Iron, Iron Age. Age. Yeah. Okay, Iron Age group. They don't. They, they were said to. It's said that they influenced. They in, had influence over the modern, what became the Roman Empire, okay. in certain ways. But I don't think totally. Like I mean, they like, weren't. They weren't exactly Romans. Like, kind of, yeah, that kind of makes sense considering they're in the same region. You know, right. It seems Italy. like the yeah. Romans came up and took them over. Yeah. Granted them citizenship. And actually, there is something called the Roman Etruscan Wars. Oh. So. Yeah. That happened in the late, it seems like the late 4th century. Okay. Uh, well, specifically, is known is that around 265, there was uh, the conquest of Etoria, Etoria, which had been the Etruscans from the Romans taking over the Etruscans. Okay. And that would have been in 265, 264, 265. All right. So anyway, it's, it's really a debate among scholars of the exact origins who the Etruscans were, where they came from. It seems that um, there's a lot of, uh, there's just this cultures that kind of came together in the region of Etoria, Etoria, which where the name Etruscans comes from. And it's roughly, they say, came from modern day Tuscany, which also, uh, also includes Western Umbria and Northern Lazio. Okay. So all, all these kind of came together to create the Etruscans. That, that's that northern Italy, Tuscany. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like western northern. Okay, I'm I'm could be wrong. It seems like it's modern. Like yeah, it's western side uh, of the of the country. Okay, it kind of but near Corsica, I believe. Some theories suggest uh, that they may have also migrated from another area, from another region, northern, uh, maybe from the. French area came okay. down over the mountains. It seems back then there was just people everywhere. Yeah. Like people Lots of migration. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So depending on the weather. Yeah. Changing food, of the weather, food. Yeah. yeah. Especially coming over the Alps. Maybe that was an issue. Mm-hmm. Weather. They were known to have their own language. And that, it's, it's only partially deciphered. Yeah. I was going to say. It's not Latin. Right. And it's. And it doesn't seem to have like, because it's not Latin, it doesn't seem to have a lot of connections to any other right. known languages. So it's kind of its area. own distinct thing. Yeah. Which is crazy. 
the only way um, that we really know about the language and how we can kind of start, I guess the way scholars have kind of started to break it apart is by a script that was used on tombs and art and various other things that they found, like pottery. Okay. There isn't like the Rosetta Stone or the Etruscan language. But I think they've kind of really done uh, over history. They've kind of gotten it down, but there's still a lot of it they don't know. Parts of it they don't understand. Their cities were fortified. They were, I mean, they were a real civilization as far as they weren't just uh, an indigenous people that didn't have, that didn't really interact because obviously they were involved because Egypt was far from them, but it wasn't on the other side of the world. I'd imagine since they don't really have a a shared or common language with any of these other places that came out of Europe, they might have been like isolationists maybe. Maybe and it's but it seems like uh, it seems like they were at least involved in the Mediterranean, okay, because Egypt, and right? There, but there's not other records of other civilizations around that area interacting with them very much, okay. At least if there is, like the, not having their pottery or like having their stuff around. Hmm. Um, the religion or the the Etruscan people did have a religion that played a significant role in their society. They believed in a pantheon of gods and goddesses, and their religious practices include divination, sacrifices, and elaborate burial rituals. So their tombs, the Etruscan tombs, are kind of like well known by like, okay. it's like very specific to them. And that's that's the those those rituals are a common thing during this time period too. Like many of their societies are going to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They also there's a kind of I don't know how they really found this out, but there are scholars that say that they used the flight paths of birds. Uh, to for divination, like they would yeah, read well. the fight pass and be like, it's kind of how they would talk to the gods, I guess, yeah. or kind of get messages from the gods. This bird's flying this way, that means we can eat today, right? Yeah, and so their the art has a distinctive style. Um, they have noted for intricate metalwork and pottery, tomb paintings are very prominent for them. Bronze sculptures, there's a couple like Apollo Vale, which is a well known Etruscan sculpture. Started their decline in the fourth century, yeah, uh, due to the combination of factors including internal conflicts, external invasions by future Roman people, mm-hmm. people from the north, and then the Roman Republic. Obviously, the expansion of that republic yeah. took them over, but it eventually disappeared by being absorbed into Rome. It's kind of like it just dis- like their culture just disappeared, including yeah. their languages. Right? How did they? I guess because it was just the Roman Empire was so powerful. Right. But I'm sure over, over, it's something that happens over time, not, you know, immediate, immediately happens that you just, your whole, like, identity of the civilizations gets completely wiped out. That I mean, we've probably time. seen that in South America. Yeah, with sure. With other, you know, Incas and things like yeah. that. Okay, so back to the Lib- Liber Lintius. So this, in our story kind of takes place in 1848 when a Croatian official in the Hungarian royal chancellery Chancellor Lee, named Mihalo Barak. He left his position and he embarked on a travel to Egypt. So it's like a world tour. And he went to Egypt for a vacation or just a kind of back in the day, at this time, especially 1800s, going to like these ancient places was kind of like Egypt was still not really understood yeah. by Western cultures. Yeah, yeah. So they went there. And uh, when he was in Alexandria, Barak acquired a sarcophagus containing a female mummy as a souvenir. 
So I guess you could just buy a sarcophagus. I guess in Egypt, in Egypt at this time, you could just buy because they bought it. I guess there was this weird law where like, if you bought it, it's okay. Okay. You're taking I mean, a it's body. Better than, yeah. <clears throat> That's better than, you know, what the English did. Stealing it. Yeah. Just like, Hey, this is ours now. We're putting in our museums. Like, yeah. So they, he did buy it, but, and this jumping ahead, but this wasn't like a king or queen. Yeah. It's just a person. Like a normal everyday Egyptian, it sure. wasn't a royalty, so yeah, yeah. that's probably why he was able to buy it. He took it back to Vienna. Uh, he displayed the mummy in his uh, sitting room and later removed the linen wrappings. That Going was wrappings. to buy someone's dead body, right? And, he, and not only that, he displayed it as like a like in the middle of his room, yeah, his sitting room. So he like looked at it like as if we were watching TV. He yeah. was watching this mummy, like, look what I got. Yeah, like. Could you imagine just sitting there instead of like watching some dumb TV show, you're like just looking at a mummy. A mummy, a dead body. Yeah. I mean, I guess, especially in the West, bringing something like that back is kind oh, of yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a- You can invite a, people a, over and be yeah, like, hey, check out this mummy. Yeah, it's a focal point. Let's talk about this. Let's have a party <laughs> around my mummy. <laughs> and I, so going, jumping back to the last couple episodes, we talked about what we want to do when our bodies, when yeah. we die. Yeah, yeah. And I said, Do you want to be put on a wall? What you remember what I said? You want uh, your head or brain to be put in a cyborg or something like that? That's number one. Number yeah. two, I want to be stuffed. Oh uh, yeah, and hold toilet paper for my grandchildren. <laughs> it's right. great, great grandchildren. This guy's doing it. I mean, this happened years He's ago. Living, living your dream. Yeah, this, this person stole it. But anyway, did he just leave it on the wall? Like, did he just do, did he do anything with it? This guy. We're gonna get to that. So he did just leave it there. I mean, it, but he noticed that there was like wrappings. I guess, hey, you take this mummy out and it's going to probably start to fall apart. Yeah. Right. So um, it's going to decay. Um, you figure it was underground or for how long in a sarcophagus? Air's getting to it now. All right. So he displayed the mummy in his sitting room, standing upright, too. It wasn't like it was like laying down, apparently. This is whether that's exactly true. Um, that's what that's was reported. So he died. So he took, so wait, first he took these linings, linen wrappings from the body. He took, he took them off. He took them off and he displayed them in a separate case. Jeez. He put, he had a glass case, kind of a shadow box and he displayed them in there. He didn't know there was stuff written on them. He didn't really notice it. I think he may have noticed it in some cases. There's reporting that he may notice it and just didn't know what the hell it was. And just was like, whatever. He probably didn't know. I mean, if he did, he probably was like, I don't know. He probably thought it was Egyptian. Yeah. 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 Some Egyptian, ancient Egyptian. He probably thought it was even cool. That's probably why he displayed it. Right. And, I want to say that Egypt, um, the mummies were, they damaged their, or they banned, sorry, they bandaged their mummies for different reasons. Like this is this is just jumping to like why Egyptians, why would they even wrap, why was this mummy wrapped in something? Mm. So first bandages kept moisture away from the body so it would not decompose. Yeah. The wrappings will let uh, the embalmers build up the shape of the mummy to give it more of a lifelike form, mm. which I don't know how that worked if that actually worked uh third the wrappings kept everything together uh, without the binding system the fragile uh dissected mummy would burst fall apart explode, yeah yeah apparently Bandage. apparently that might have happened to uh king tut when they opened them up or something like apparently they the the they didn't wrap them properly there's there's a, there's a theory saying he might have spontaneously combusted oh because they might have wrapped them properly might have involved them properly like something some kind of reaction happened was bombing didn't go very well, and the wrapping was like not tight, like airtight, not just airtight, but like not tight enough to keep it from right exploding. And that's crazy that they're linen, especially linen books. Like 
I guess like back in ancient Egypt and like even into like the fall of that, the, the kind of end of what they call the end of ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had, this was like an industry of like mummies were an industry. Yeah. Like their entire, not factories, but there's entire things set up yeah. almost like factories to take the body, prepare it for death and, and mummies. Yeah, if yeah, you could afford it. Yeah. 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 It was a ritual. Like, yeah. It's part of like your Just like how we have now today. Yeah. Yeah. Is depending on your religion and stuff like yeah. that. And me being stuffed, that type of thing. So there was a point of mummies being wrapped. There's a different, three different specific reasons that we just went over. So he bought so he bought this mummy. He dies in 1859. Yeah. His brother, who's a priest in Slovenia, takes the mummy because he comes in possession of it, which he's a priest. Um, he has no interest in the mummy. Mm-hmm. And so he donates it in 1867, which 1859, this guy dies. His brother gets it and hangs on until 1867. Then he donates it to the State Institute of Croatia, Slovenia, and Dalmatia in Zagreb. Now it's called the Architectural Museum in Zagreb. So that's okay. where the name, the linen book of Zagreb, Zagreb comes from. Why did he hold on to it that long? That's another thing. Maybe it took him that long to get it. Yeah. I don't know how far away he was, but it seems like he <clears throat> hung on to it for a while. For someone that didn't want it, he was interested in it. Yeah. Plus, Again, he didn't really know what he had in the wrappings. I'm surprised that he kept them together. Oh, right, yeah. Because they were separated. Right. The original guy, Mio Barrick, took them apart. So once it's donated, um, the wrappings were examined by an Egyptologist. He mistook the inscriptions for Egyptian hieroglyphs. So this, this German Egyptologist, he kind of looked at the wrappings once it was donated to the museum, he looked at the wrappings, but he like misidentified them. It wasn't until 1877 uh, that a guy, uh, so this guy, Henrik or Heinrich Brugge, Bruggish, he was the German guy. Mm. He was talking to someone, uh, Richard Burton, about ruins and realized the writing on the uh, was not Egyptian. So it wasn't until 1877. Like 10 years later after he. So he originally said, this is what it is. No one questioned him. It was still on display. And then he was talking to another guy, another Egyptologist, about ruins. And uh, he realized that this wasn't actually hieroglyphs. hieroglyphs. Yeah. So I don't know who really noticed that, but Sounds he like incorrectly concluded that the tr- translation of the Egyptian Book of the Dead in Arabic script. That's mm-hmm. what they thought it was. Those two kind of come to the... They incorrectly thought that at the time, that it was like, oh, this is actually in an Arabic trans- okay. uh, translation. It sounds like terrible Egyptologists. I mean, it's the 1800s. What's Egyptology at that point, right? Yeah. It's not like the, you know, who's that guy? Um, uh, Zawari. Yeah, I remember he was always on the History Channel. Yeah, he's awesome. He's like yeah. on tour in America. Yeah. I wish, we, I wish I don't know where he is right now, but I, I heard there was a tour of him in, in America. You know, he tours around and talks, and it'd be awesome to go talk, just to like yeah. listen to him. But like he's like the he's the, the big Egyptologist, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there's tons of other. I'm sure he had people underneath him, but he's like the one guy you want to listen to. Yeah, uh, I think his name is Zawari or something like that. So in 1891, the wrappings were transported to Vienna and subjected to thorough examination by Jacob Kral, an expert in Coptic language, who ex- uh, expected the writing to be Coptic, Libyan, or Carian. I don't know what Carian is. Okay, um, I didn't get a chance to look that up, but I don't really know what it is either. Uh, Coptic, Libyan, or Carian. 
1892, Kral became the first to identify the language as Etruscan and successfully reassembled the, the strips, establishing that the linen. So he said 1892. Right. Oh man. So we're going from this guy bought Quite it. The jump. Yeah, this guy bought it. It's just 40 years around. or something like that. So he died in 1859. He bought it in 1848. He brought it back in 1848. And finally in 19, uh, 1892, oh, because like, even, it's the crazy thing is this guy sold it in Alexandria. And even though people from Egypt who were selling it. Didn't even know. I think it's crazy that one, they had a body yeah. to sell. Someone had their store. Could you imagine walking to the store and be like, and there's this guy, and there's this sarcophagus, and like you're just like. So was this body? Oh, I don't like this one. Did the body keep getting sold off too, along with these linens? Well, at this point, it, when his his brother donated it, yeah. So it just kind of stayed in this. It eventually it stayed in that one uh, museum, but then it made its way to Vienna. Okay. So it was then transported uh, to Vienna. I don't know if it was like on loan that type of yeah. thing. Yeah, but wait, there's the linens and bodies still together. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, so they still know that it's from a, that's like it didn't get separated. Gotcha. Okay. It's still part of that that whole thing. And I imagine when you uh, you know someone that's in a museum gets something, they're gonna like keep good records of yeah. it. You'd hope. Although they didn't know it was not hieroglyphs until. Yeah. So once he became the so this crawl guy, he found Jacob crawl. He finds out he identifies it as a Etruscan language. He re he kind of like puts it back together, reassembles it. He initially. Uh, he was uncertain of where it came from, like where the mummy came from. So he wasn't sure what actually happened. Like he had to like kind of go back and do research on where did this thing even come from? Yeah, going yeah. back. Luckily he had that chain. Trace, yeah. Tr like the money trail. Going back to the guy who donated said his brother bought mm -hmm. it from Egypt. So they knew it came from Egypt. But when he traced it back, he found that there was papyrus with the, the burial mm -hmm. that actually confirmed the Egyptian identity of the person. And it was a tailor from, uh, the, it was a wife of a tailor from Thebes. She was 30 to 40 years old at the time of her death and had necklace, a necklace, traces of flowers and gold in her hair whenever they found her originally, the, the body. So the mummy, the body was Egyptian. Yes. So they Egyptian trace it back that it actually yeah. wasn't some kind of fake. Yeah. But the linen that was wrapped in was Etruscan. Right. This guy was trying to establish like a chain of where it came from. Yeah. Jay Crawl. He's like, did it actually come from Egypt? Is it a forgery? Did they take it out of Egypt? And then because it was separated from the body, yeah. was it something he had separate? But it, they were able to trace it back and be like, no, this actually came from this body. They, and this is 1800s, late 1800s at this point. Who knows? I would think generally the amount of research done with this subject, not a ton, especially in our country, as far as like records of it, of happening. But from historical things go, it seems like they he was pretty confident. Jacob Crawl was confident that it came from Egypt. He was able to go back and find out who sold it, what was in it whenever they found the actual body yeah. or found the sarcophagus. It sounds like he's thorough. Right. There also were fragments of a reef and a cat skull with the body whenever they found it originally. So it looks like they kind of cleaned, maybe, maybe they cleaned all that out. I don't know. Cats, yeah, cats have some kind of significance in uh, Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe the cat just got in there and died. Who knows? Maybe a hell of a thing. Yeah. There's no other bones, just the cat skull. <laughs> cat skull. So I, I imagine it's all part of that system. Yeah. Yeah. As, and I guess you would think like it wasn't actually buried with any gold 
Like it wasn't like this was like a king or yeah, a queen. Yeah, yeah. It was a tailor from Thebes. Right. They were traced back to a tailor from Thebes um, to die between 30 and 40 years. But had enough money to actually do right. the whole So Because he was a tailor, he probably had enough money to yeah. actually bury his wife. So back to the to the content of the book. We're going to go over that now. So that's the story. We have the lineage of where it went, how it got there. We don't know much more than like came from Egypt. They have proof of what it came from. But this all may be a forgery. Okay. Still, that's kind of like some people say like, no, it's been a forgery from the beginning. This Barrett guy did it. This Egyptian seller did that to like make uh, okay, it more okay. interesting. Uh, okay. But you would think. More exotic. Right. But if you would think, why wouldn't they say that when they sold it? It probably would be worth a lot more. He probably would have known when people. So there's also like records of who, people who, coming over to his house and like looking at this thing. Yeah. But not him not saying, hey, this is Etruscan. Right. But yeah, who would even have the knowledge to like write it in Etruscan in the first place? Right. Especially in like Egypt. It, yeah, it's Someone's based. selling bodies in At Egypt. At that time, it's, you know, like, people don't understand the language. People probably think it's a dead language. Right. Even at that time, you would think, like, the hieroglyphs, like, ancient Egyptian language would have been not really well known, understood. Yeah. Because it wasn't until, like, what the Rosetta Stone was the thing that they used to figure out that. Right? The Rosetta Stone was the basis of how people, for the first time, were able to translate the Egyptian language. So it went from, it was... Three different languages. Three different languages. There's hieroglyphs on there. Greek was on there. And some other form of Egyptian. Egyptian, like hieroglyphs, but like written in a different way. Okay. So, yeah, I think I remember that now. So, it seems that the the way that they used it, so this this kind of, they don't have a Rosetta Stone for yeah. the Etruscans. There's, not, there's no way to like translate to like Latin or anything like that. Yeah. So the Liber Lentius uh, itself is a book made of linen cloth, which is part of its name. It is covered in writing. It consists of multiple strips of linen that are stitched together to form a 3.5 meter long roll. Uh, it's written in Etruscan. So it was a roll. Yeah. Um, it was written in Etruscan. It, but here's a little wrinkle. It uses a script slightly different from one found in other Etruscan uh Etruscan's inscriptions. So it is it is Etruscan mm. mostly, but it uses a different type of, a different script. Like it's slightly different, which is part of the problem, I guess, in translating it. Okay. Though there's, there are, you know, scholars and scientists and historians can't really, uh, they don't really understand the Etruscan written language or the language in general. They are able to decipher certain words uh, and phrases. And so they can kind of, work on the subject matter of the Liber Lentius. So there's a couple of different theories of what it actually is. Thinking like context clues. Right. Yeah. And I think, again, it's that's how they also deciphered it, can slightly decipher the Etruscan language. Um, there's probably a lot of kind of wor- those words may have like crept into the, to the Roman written word, which I think was Latin, if I'm right. Yep. Okay. Do you, so, do you think that the fact that it is that one part was – not typical means it could possibly could be a forgery. I mean, yeah, it definitely too, but they were able to decipher enough of it. So yes, it could be a forgery, but they were able to decipher enough of it in 1800s and, and even into the 1900s and into modern day that um, they can kind of get an idea of what it says generally. So if it was, Forgery, it was a pretty good forgery for someone in, in Egypt. Yeah. 
to forge it. Because it they were able to at least identify that the kind of wrappings, the linen, was old. It wasn't like someone just took this linen. Yeah. They, they knew it was an old thing. Yeah, I wonder if they had the, like, the dating. I don't think they had... Carbon dating, yeah, whatever. probably not back then. I don't know. I have no idea. But I know that they were able to at least say, this definitely came off this mummy or for whatever reason. I'm sure it wasn't all taken off very cleanly. I'm yeah. sure it was, some was stuck to it still. And so he took off some of the wrappings, I'm sure. I'm sure there was enough here that they could say... This is old. Yeah. yeah. And it came from this mummy. Yeah. Have you ever tried like doing a, a decoding kind of thing, like ciphering? We talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. Like, uh, like cipher and cryptology, not cartography, but cryptology. The map making. <laughs> but I remember like, uh, like, like the, for example, the Zodiac killer. Oh yeah. He always sent like these, these, uh, cryptographs. I don't know if that's using the right, using the right way, but like, but like he put it in, they got printed in the newspaper and like all these people would write in we what like, they really thought good. it meant. Yeah. Like, really but no good, one had like, the key to break right. the cipher. I would be terrible at those, but I think they're so cool. Like, yeah. Trying to do something like that. I think it's, I think it's awesome. I've seen that people get murdered to like, you know, yeah, to figure a, this out, no, the Zodiac killer wasn't awesome, but I think the idea of this kind of challenge, like yeah. a brain teaser, yeah, yeah. but you have to have that, that key or it doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. So but, it can't be done in such a jackass way that you don't have. Right. But you can also like throw usually, and it seems like what the problem is with this, at least the Etruscan languages, there's nothing in there that resembles anything else. Like, right. so say with like the Zodiac killer, there's other puzzles that are like things like that have been already been published that you can research and like find in a library. Like, Oh, this kind of looks like this. Yeah. This symbol kind of looks like this. I can kind of deduce or do contact clues about what this means. But like, this seems like they're, you're, they're just kind of on their own. Like, I think they were able to use other things from yeah. the trust language. Like again, on their, uh, you know, tombs and stuff like that, they can kind of use that. That's kind of the basis of a lot of what I guess the research was, but uh, they did go into, um, well, I mean, think about the um, Enigma code. That oh, was, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, um, what's his name? The guy that solved it. Um, <clears throat> the Indentation Game, great movie about yeah. that. And I like, that was a huge, they needed the key and they, yeah. the way they got it was a couple uh, soldiers were able to get on a submarine, I believe, yeah. and steal it before. Because the original thing they did was the cipher, the thing that they used to for the name of code was destroyed as soon as anybody even came close right. to destroying this, they're attacking their ship. Yeah. And so the Nazi would destroy it really quick. But then it so happened that they these soldiers were able to sneak aboard and get it. And that's how they kind of deciphered it. And what's his right. name? Alan Turing. Turing, yeah. Yeah. He had a horrible, like, his, his the way his life in it was terrible. But. But he did a great thing. He's like an amazing thing. One of the things, one of the reasons why he was so good at it that they allowed ships to be destroyed because they didn't want the Nazis to even think. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. He, but he was like a, a hero back then. They didn't think it was a hero because of very specific reasons. Yeah. But now, thankfully, they yeah. kind of turned around and recognized him as a national yeah. hero, international hero for saving, for doing such amazing work. I think, didn't the U.S. use... Um, He's known as the father of cryptography, the father right. of computer science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Steve Jobs... Was obsessed with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, for anybody. I, in that, that's based on a movie I saw about Steve Jobs. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure if that's true, but yeah. anyways. I mean, anybody in the computer science field, he's known as the father of computer science. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. All right. A computer science, cybersecurity, that type of thing. Okay. So back to the library, Lintius. There are things on this text that give the idea or give the kind of impression that it's maybe a religious calendar it could be 
It has names of God. Like there's all the different things that they kind of can kind of say that this might be a calendar. This might be prayer, that type of thing. And we're going to go into that. There's a couple of different theories on a lot of different, a lot of this story. Some say it's like uh, something about like ceremonies and processions that you would do for the, for the dead. Okay. So we're going to go into that, but. Sorry, did you say how, how big this thing was? 3.5 meters long. Okay. When it's, when it's reconstructed. So one thing that this does, the reason why this is kind of important and why people, why we're really, we're kind of talking about it um, or why we know about it, why scholars even look into it is because it sheds lights on the religious beliefs, the rituals and the practices of the Etruscans. So it kind of is like a pretty, this one, this one sample, sample yeah. this one thing, this book is basically the one thing they have to try to figure out more history of the Etruscans because there really was nothing else there. But the, the body was an egyptian right right that's kind of the that's kind of like one of the theories we're gonna get okay. to and that's the next thing i was gonna say that the fact that this was found in egypt raises questions about ancient civilizations traveling and, and interacting, interacting with one time when they thought they didn't oh especially okay. the etruscans interacting with egyptians ancient egyptians like, could there have been further other things the Etruscans were involved in? We just don't, know, don't about. know about. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing of like human history, that type of like figuring out who's where, what's going on when, and that type of stuff. So here's some of the theories. There's there's two type of there's two categories of these of what's going on. And this is I'm going to break these theories down. So there's two categories. There's one. The first category is what the text says, and or its significance to us okay. humans, to human nature or human history. The second is the category. Uh, second category is what, why the mummy was wrapped in the text, why the text was even in Egypt. Yeah, which there's less theories about that because <laughs> how do you even come to like it's so one as I mentioned, this text being found in Egypt raises the question on if or how and why and when and if ancient civilizations like the Etruscans this before BCE the Egyptians were the Egyptians trading with other people around the world. Yeah. Were the Etruscans trading with other people? Does it raise a question of who came to what country first? Right. If it, they were actually traveling the places. And if this whole thing is like real, then that proves that point, right? Like, Yeah, that there was trade in a time when they thought no trade was possible. So, I mean, that could be a massive breakthrough. Like trading at that at this time in human history from Italy to Egypt, today it seems insane that, yeah, of course yeah. they traded. But when you look back and think about were they making boats? I mean, we know that the Egyptians were making boats. Yeah, like they were actually traveling around the Mediterranean. Right. Were they going further? Were they going up to the northern, you know, the northern part of Europe and over to different, you know, the east? Yeah, they're definitely using the Nile, but yeah, who knows if, I mean, I'm sure somebody knows, but but who knows how far they're actually venturing out. Right. If was, ships was have the capability trade? to do that. And why did all that trade break down? Yeah. And why, why is there no record of it? Right. Why is there no stronger record of it? Why do we not find more Etruscan stuff in other countries? Right. Uh, why don't we find more in Egypt? Why does it take this? Oh, yeah, why is this right, the right. only fa the only thing they found? This is the only thing they found. I mean, that we know of that was found and translated. I mean, there may be some other crap underground still that no one ever found. But so uh, first, first category, what it says, what it could say. First, is some people think that it's a. Uh, a funerary ritual, and it was used for burial ceremonies. I mean, it seems the most logical since this person right. wrapped in it, yeah. Since it was, again, that's exactly what, since it was found in a mummy, supports that theory. Was it instructions left for future people? 
in that region. Why was it there? But so we'll get into that. Uh, another one is it is a religious t- or sacred text, like a Bible, like our you know the Christian Bible, because it mentions they think mentions deities and ceremonies in a religious context. Context. Another, it's a calendar or almanac that could possibly detail important dates, festivals, uh, ast- uh, astro- astronomy, like events, mm-hmm. and astro- uh, astronomical. Thank you, God dang it. <laughs> astronomical events. Right? That's the right word for it, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey. I'm a doctor. <laughs> don't correct me. <laughs> don't correct me while we're recording. I'm a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Um, this is all garbage. No. Um, <laughs> the theory is based on. So but that theory. No, but, but on this, this is interesting though because these are what societies were doing back then. Like yep. we're f- like following astronomical events. They were using these the, the the astronomical events as a calendar. They were wrap. They were in some form or another uh, creating rituals. Obviously, they're different religions. They have different deities, like different thoughts of the afterlife. But I do think this is interesting because there is a common thing that thread between these. Right, it makes sense. Yeah, but like, but we don't also don't really know anything about the Etruscans, really. Why, like, why like, was in Egypt? Like, were they mummifying people? They they found their tombs. They they found Etruscan tombs. Right, but like they weren't mummified like Egyptians. That's what I'm saying. This it makes an interesting fact. Plus, different like Egyptians mummies work because of the dry climate. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't really think of that. Etruscans were in Egypt. Damn it, science. But uh, <laughs> Damn. Damn you, science. Water and worlds. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, you would think if there's this Egyptian woman who's buried, mummified, wrapped in this Etruscan linen that either has, like, or, or a rich, ritualistic meaning to it, astronomic reason for it, that somewhere in, a, in the Etruscan world, you would have found... Maybe, you know, a mummified person with right. Egyptian hieroglyphs. Maybe maybe right. even in one of the tombs, some Egypt stuff. Yeah. It seems like just based on this, I know we're just basing, I'm basing solely on the fact that there's Egyptian money, a mummy wrapped in an Etruscan written linen, that there'd be, there's some kind of overlap. Like there things where they were trading things with each other, knowledge, well, stuff like that. And, and also, this is... We talked about uh, the Etruscans when they rose, eight hundred, um, nine hundred. Century, yeah. Okay, nine hundred to the Roman Empire, right? And the Egyptians around the the Etruscans had to kind of be, build their culture and have the ability to create a linen book that has like this entire very well thought out background of their religion and everything. Right. Record that somehow, then travel. To Egypt, that it's so well, they were so well established that they were able to travel, trade, have the oh, yeah, entire yeah. history, yep. like like their own culture, at a time whenever the Egyptians were uh, they were around. Yeah, yeah. Right. Know, towards the end of their reign, but still. Yeah. And then somehow, conv- with such the Egyptian culture being so focused on their thing, yeah, being buried with another culture's. Yeah, that seems. Yeah, that's odd. Another theory is that it's educational material, kind of uh, used to teach the language to future generations, um, or in the afterlife, so that they, this mummy 
could go to the afterlife and be able to teach. Bless you. Thank you. Sorry. This mind was able to go to the afterlife and teach that language oh. to the afterlife, hmm. which is kind of a reach whenever you think I mean, of like also, their culture. Would that mean they, they share the same afterlife then? Right. It's kind of a reach given their religious culture backgrounds, what yeah. they thought the afterlife was. Maybe there was overlap. Yeah. Which is not crazy because like the Romans basically assimilated the Greek gods. Right. They just changed their names. And that, that's happened before. Like, okay, yes, sir. You're right. I mean, it's it, it happens, it has happened, and it continues to happen. But the fact that these people like thought it had no interaction whatsoever makes it kind of a reach. Yeah. Some people, here's another one. Some people, some researchers think that the text is a Rosetta Stone type thing to link Latin and Etruscan language. It may represent this merging of Roman and Etruscan cultures, um, trying to influence other cultures to their thoughts, the Roman expansion. Okay. Kind of to bring in, like, kind of like they're trying to. Ex- so this would have been, might have been during the period when, like, they were already might have been being assimilated in the Roman right. culture. Okay, and they were trying to com- they were combined because they had the same kind of deities like I mean, style. Yeah, because the, Ro- the I mean, so the Romans, yeah, the Romans would have had interactions with the Egyptians at this point, right? Because this is on the downfall of the Egyptian, um, which is three hundred BC. Yeah. Like, I mean, you had Mark Anthony and. Cleopatra. Having, having interactions, Julius Caesar having interactions with, with uh, Cleopatra. So, yeah, there could be a bridge there between the Romans and Egyptians. How this, the Etruscan language or some kind of what the been, Etruscan heritage could get over to Egypt. Would this have been more widespread then? Would we find more mummies with the Etruscan language? Yeah, the but, but again, yeah, yeah. You, you think it we don't been. know. Yeah, yeah, you think it would have been. It's actually just a sure. common person. This is just a commoner. I wonder, that's the thing. I wonder how many times people... F- Came ac- like, came across a, a mummy or were able to buy one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was wrapped in one of these linens that they just assume was hieroglyphics. Because maybe you say for like a decade or two, like they thought it was higher, like Egyptologists thought it was hieroglyphics. Yeah, so like, Egyptologists even thought that. So they're just like, oh, it's hieroglyphics. That's some kind of you know, Egyptian language on it. That's that in the story. Like, could be more of that stuff. Like these mummies out there. Yeah. And and I think that's again a common. It was it the kind of like the we talked about this in the King Alaric episode about how Christianity was thought of as the blank uh, the kind of the poor people's oh, yeah. religion yeah. until it became was this kind of that where like the common people believed in this and trust and like it could have been something as simple as like the common people idolized this unknown like you know this other you know kind of how Western cultures idolized the East in certain times yeah. in history as like the, this ancient knowledge type of people, yeah. uh, the Egyptians at that time, was it this group? Was it another theory is like, was it this common group kind of idolizing this Etruscan world? Oh, hmm. So a couple other, the first category type of things. Again, what does the library mean? Some say that there's, there's, um, Missing parts, which is kind of easy to say because it's like you'll never know. Like there's there's a there's a key to this where it actually connects all together, but we'll never find it. That type of thing. Some theories, some of the final theories are they are trying to again, as I said, other this is like a 
thing that is proving connection between these two cultures that maybe the Egyptians or the Etruscans are the same people, that the Etruscans ran away when the Romans came in and made ancient Egypt, which doesn't make sense, but did ancient Egypt expand into the Etruscan world at a time before the Romans came in and they were already established. Those people from Egypt left Egypt expand and created their own thing, their own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in Italy, because they were around for till forty, you know, forty three hundred BC, yeah. BCE. Could they have kind of expanded on their own across the Mediterranean? Yeah, for, yeah, for various reasons. Like, and we know, don't. There might have been a drought, or like, um, because it happened so long ago. Maybe there's such a gap that they kind of had their own. They kind of turned into the Etruscans, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so that's what exactly. So, like, when the uh, Roman Empire split, which I think we talked about, King Alaric, those people who went to Constantinople, they were for for years, like centuries, they still thought there's themselves as Romans. But in time, because time passed, they eventually started seeing themselves as Greeks, right? Because that very same thing could probably possibly going to happen. Right. That's one of the theories that. Um, that's one of the theories of our category too. That this is actually. A breakoff group from, but there's no record of it. That's a thing. Right. There's no other record of it. Because right. I imagine there'd be a lot more record. But anyway, another category two. So category two again is category one was what the text says and its significance, why it was you know there. And second is what and why the mummy was wrapped in it. So one was it was a breakoff culture, breakoff group from the Egyptians. Yeah. Number two is. The text was deliberately written in a script that was not easily readable to to protect its, its message, which obviously always happens with these type of things. Yeah. It's like, oh no, <laughs> we just don't we're not worthy to know understand it yet. Yeah, yet. Until the the people in the spaceship until, yeah, until Zunu comes down yeah. on the spaceship and, and gives us, put our yeah, Nikes yeah, on yeah, and drop yep. the Kool-Aid. So that's that's the second theory. And then the third theory of category two is it is a sacrificial rite. Uh, a ritual associated with mummified individual says this is kind of like a defense on why we mummified this person. They were Etruscan and we mummified them, but there's record of them being Egyptian, yeah. being this person, uh, a wife of a tailor. Maybe, oh shoot, man. Maybe there wasn't over. Like maybe, maybe I don't know. This is this would be a stretch, but maybe. So, so that's so that's all the theories. Okay. What do you think? happened why is this mummy from egypt wrapped in this linen book from the etruscan yeah. which is italy at this but pre-italy pre-rome sorry what year was 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 the was it bought 1848 48 1848 in alexandria okay and you could buy. Uh, it, what's the crazy thing is you can buy, buy <laughs> bodies <laughs> yeah. in Egypt. I guess it was because it was. Yeah, I I, I don't know if at this time, but it might have been around at this time. As at one point, it wasn't a colony colony of uh, England, but England basically controlled it. So this is when people were over, like you said, going over there digging up stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. So then I feel like I don't know if it's true, but I feel like they might have been respecting what they were doing because sometimes he's like dynamite to blow up some some of these tombs that they found. So it would make sense that it'd be viable for you to just go over there like, I'm gonna buy this body. Yeah. I think it was some type of again, I'm gonna look it up because I know I read this that it was okay based on 
for very specific reasons. But in any case, why mummy was found in Egypt? Now yeah. we don't know where it was found. That's the other thing. Mm. But then, if it was Egypt, not found, yeah, I mean, in Egypt, Egypt's big. Why the hell did they? Why the hell would they? How would they get a book written in Etruscan? And even if it was a fake, how would they get someone who knew Etruscan well enough to write a book that even scholars can partially translate? Being very specific on the, the content matter was very specific to other things that they've translated with Etruscan languages on deities, their calendar, yeah. their kind of beliefs and things. But the, what, couldn't someone just be like, write it and be like, oh, this is Etruscan? But it was, it matched because, up. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So how could someone just fake it, forge it? Yeah. I mean, they could. Unless someone who knew Etruscan was in on the whole thing and was like, I'm going to write this and sell it off. But you said, like, you made a point, though. At, at the 1800s. You made the point, though, like, why wouldn't you try and upsell it? Because, like, this is this, yeah, this, this language. And I think that's why they point out in the story that this guy who bought it was not a rich person. He was not. I mean, he, he was yeah. well off. He was able to travel to Egypt and stuff. But also, how would he even know? Like, you may not even have known the Etruscans were even a thing. Because would you say he came from uh, Croatia? Uh, but I would imagine people from where this gentleman's from might not know, not because of where he's from, but I'm saying like the Etruscan, the fact that Etruscans weren't well known enough about that he probably didn't even know what he got. Obviously, he didn't. He yeah, didn't, he, like, he, he didn't know until he, was, he, he probably didn't go in there knowing to look for something like that. He just bought it. Yeah, it could have been the next guy. I mean, yeah. like I said, it was. I'd imagine like a uh, like a car lot where you walk right. in like. There's all these sarcophagus that's just piled up, and like, yeah. I want that one. Yeah. And he just got lucky that he got. Now, there may have been other or ones. Or, like, there. yeah, someone buys a state, and like they found out you had like a Honest Wagner card, and like, oh, look at this. Look at what I have here. Like, all this, all this expensive baseball card. No idea who like, the hell that is. It's one of the, I don't know, play for the Pirates. It's one of the most expensive baseball cards, I think. Anyways, listen. So, he, baseball. Probably, he, he probably didn't go here thinking, seeking out the Etruscans. It's anything to do with the Etruscans? No, I don't think he did at all. I think he had no idea what he got. He probably was just like, oh, I could get this Because they thought, they thought, even Egyptologists thought it was hieroglyphics. Yeah, right. For, for 40, 50 years. So I don't think this man who bought this has any kind of ulterior motive. Nope. So why would this guy who had no idea what the hell he was doing, it's not like they forged it and ripped him off. Right. Because he has no idea what the hell he's looking at. Why would he even know? They no. didn't even tell him it was Etruscans. He never said it to yeah, his brother. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. And his brother didn't know what he's had. Right. And he held on to it for what, like a decade or something like that. Yep. It just seems like it's the the original origin story. It's pretty convincing that no idea what the hell, no no one had an idea what the hell was going on. Even the people who sold it, because if they would have known what it was, they probably would have sold this. Like it would have been a big deal. Yeah. Unless it was like some guy in an alley, like, "Hey, you should buy this thing. I stole it." I do, I do want to go back to the fact that there's that that theory of uh, maybe these people were Egyptians. They just over time they moved to the uh, this region in Italy. I'm trying to think what would cause them to do something like that. Why would they? Why would they leave Egypt? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I know, like biblically and like historically, the you know Jewish people, going on. Jewish people left Egypt, but like, um, but why would these? What else would cause something like that? I can't think really think of anything. Like obviously, there could be like a drought, but like, or famine, or beliefs. <clears throat> beliefs, sure, yeah, beliefs. Like yeah. maybe they were yeah. just a offshoot of a certain religion. Yeah, but 
they didn't have hieroglyphics on yeah. this thing. But even even throughout Egypt, like the the gods and goddesses were constantly changing. So it kind of seems weird to me that they would leave because of religious regions yeah. because like unless there's that much more like that much of a big drastic change, that's definitely possible. Like it's happened before. Part of me was thinking like when near the end of this, when we're talking about how the Egyptian woman's body, the mummy was wrapped in this this linen made by the Etruscans with the Etruscan writing on it. Maybe I think he mentioned something like the the person had died. They clearly was Egyptian, but maybe Etruscans wrapped her in this as like a um, I forget how you put it, like a funerary rite or funerary rite. But it was done in Etruscans. Maybe and this is I'm going on the, on the basis that they did have interactions with each other. They were con- in contact with each other to kind of save this. And maybe like something happened with this woman, like a, like they was they were killed by an Etruscan, and maybe like this was their way of saying like, "Sorry, we we honor your right of her burial rights of being mummified. And we also want to pay our own respects by putting this 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 uh, ritualistic wrapping, wrapping around. It's like her. a donation. That or just like like a um, but it was a but like a so, peace offering kind of thing. But she was a wife of a tailor who had linen. Oh right. Damn it. So why would he even bother? He'd be like, I'm going to use my own linen. But maybe, the, maybe the, like whoever Etruscan was that killed her or however she right. died, like the will, you, I don't know, man. Etruscan too. I mean, that would have to be a person, a person that, again, you'd have to expect them to be out. Why, why is this the only one? If this is so, if this is so, I don't, it just seems like there should be other records of other Etruscan things. Yeah. That's copies what keep, of books or yeah, whatever. That's what I keep going back to in this area. There's Jars. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Any of their artwork was never found. I mean, on record, I don't, again, I didn't really do the research on that level, but why is this, even in the research that's done for this, this episode, but the research on, on this specific subject, I'm again, very minimal just because of the fact that, you know, not much, no one really knows the language. This is known as like this is a linen book of Zagreb, uh comment on the longest Egyptian text by Louvain and Dudley. Um another one by Vandermeer uh is a linen book of Zagreb, a comment. Uh, yes, yeah, so again, it seems that this is like known as the longest this is the most survivable text they found. Mm. It just seems crazy that it was found on a mummy in Egypt. Yeah. It wasn't found anywhere in Italy. Yeah. The Romans, did they destroy all the... If they had a book that was linen, that was written, that made it to, to Egypt, and they didn't find anything in Rome, or like in that area. Yeah. And any of the records of Rome. That's kind of a weird thing. Now, there may have been... Now, again, the research I did didn't go back that far or go in that direction of like, was there other Etruscan books written? But it seems like people say that this is the longest linen book. And there must have been others. If it's the longest, there must have been others. Oh, right. Yeah. But not enough that it makes this this much of a significant jump or mark, I should say. I think it'd be like really fascinating if if this was like the, the... Starting point where people start like figuring out or finding and discovering that the fact that the Etruscans were in fact not this isolated and were interacting with all these other people in the in like the antiquity yeah. or near the the antiquity, um, 
but we don't, we're not there yet. If that is the case, you know, and that's, that's, that's frustrating. I, and if you look at like some of the art, Etruscan art, it is very like, is you can similar, you, like, no, it's similar to like Roman art. You okay. can see where like the lineage of like Etruscan art to Roman art, like the, just the way they sculpt and the, and the kind of way they that they're pottery too, you said, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they still have, they have sculptures of humans that look in the same direction as like, if you look at further Roman sculptures, okay. the use of contraposto was, wasn't there yet, which is like the ability of the stand on its own uh, oh, sculpting. Okay. Uh, there wasn't that, mm. but they have um, a lot of their, would you, would you say it's called contraposto? Contraposto is like the, is a, it's like, it's like it could stand on its own. Stand on its own without having, like a lot of like Greek I know sculptures. They have like them standing next to a pillar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or standing on a tree. Right. It's because they can't stand up by themselves. Couldn't figure out the balance. Right. So yeah. Rome, and then after the, especially this really came in after the um, um, Renaissance, mm-hmm. that became a big thing. Is like, okay. But I think Rome started that, that oh, process. Oh, cool. I think. All right. Like there's lineage there that, but. I never realized that. I didn't even know that was, that was I had a name for that. That's neat. Um, the they have a lot of, the Etruscans really had a lot of like, painted terracotta sarcophagus and so they there was kind of that lineage you could see like roman sarcophagus and the kind of like the similarities yeah but you but you don't see that in egypt right but the the, the similarities more so because they were they were slowly being absorbed by by rome the things the things that they're founding the 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 art like is that art looks similar because this is a point a point where they're starting to have interactions with uh, rome they're starting to slowly be absorbed by Rome. I'd be curious to see if like that's what their art looked like the whole time. Right. Like, I think I think someone like. said that it was I think some of the records that it was like it could have been more uh, that there was kind of like a Greek influence. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. A Greek influence in some ways. Which makes sense, yeah. Um, but all we know, uh, and I'm just looking at this right now, uh, kind of more of a expansionist view of the Etruscan they did spread out around the Mediterranean, but it doesn't look like they made it all. Like it doesn't look like they made it. They made it to Spain, like parts of Spain. Etruscans did. Yeah, oh, uh, wow. they founded colonies along the coast of uh, Sardinia, Spain, and Corsica. Okay. Uh, they allied with Carthage. Yeah. Uh, they also. Which is a big enemy of the uh, Greek. Who? Rome. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it looks like they did kind of spread out around the Mediterranean, but not. That their kind of central location was northern Italy. Is Carthage, isn't, is Carthage Africa or near Africa? Uh, it is. Could be. I don't know. I think that because if it is like that's getting you know in the ballpark of it's a, Egypt. It's, it looks like it's northern Africa. Okay. There you go. So I mean, if they're getting out that way, it's definitely possible they're getting to Egypt because Egypt, you know, obviously now it looks like they were over by Spain. Okay. Because they because they kind of went up north and over. Right. Um, and then they kind of went the other way a little bit, but I guess they had to have made it over to Egypt. I want to think, I really do want to think that they made it to Egypt. There was some kind of like understanding or camaraderie or like peaceful thing between them. Even if it's just trade, not necessarily peaceful. I'm just saying like there had to, I could just, I, I want to believe there had to have been some kind of interaction between these two no. people. It seems it seems like they they really there was trade around the Mediterranean yeah. as far back as you know ancient Egypt right. and things. Um, we see that there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, it does say here that the Etruscans did 
travel rounds and um, trade. Okay. But, but not necessarily in Egypt, though, right. right? I didn't feel like, as far as everyone's concerned, like all the people that are involved with this whole thing, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of weird, shady... Well, it does say that they were um, at the crossroads of Greek and Egypt. Okay. So maybe they were just like good pathway. But again, why did they... Why was this lady wrapped in a book that was from... Uh, and there's no other ones. It's not like there's a whole bunch of them. They yeah, found. yeah, right. Because like the... Person next. To her. First of all, how do you even get? How does this person get these things? So th- that's what I was trying to get at. So like, it, it seems like everyone invo- involved in this, like, there's no like um, sinister thing going on from the person who bought it and everyone's gone to since then. But like, how did this person who sold it to this gentleman get it? Get it in the first place? And then, I mean, like, but like, is, no one else has come across something like this before. It's almost like it was like um, that's these these kind of mummies were almost like um, you know, like. They were digging up coal. Like it was like a natural resource. They were just like mining for gold. And they're like mining for mummies. This is this is gold for us right now. Do you think uh mummies are zombies? Or zombies are mummies? Is that a is that like a internet thing? I don't know. I've, I've are mummies zombies? Yeah, because they're like both undead. They both I don't know if they both eat. Better clothes? I mean like yeah. I mean, I guess if you got to have one, because I think I know the mummy was obviously before the zombie. Like the 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 idea of a mummy coming back to life was before they had a zombie, but I feel like they're kind of the same thing. But I do think they are different, though. It's like a poor man's mummy. Zombie's a poor man's mummy, or vice versa. Over in America, we couldn't afford some wraps, <laughs> drying <laughs> out. We're just gonna throw them on the ground and let them go. I do, yeah, I do think zombies are different than mummies, but I, I, I've I've seen people make the argument that they're kind of the same. Again, it seems like mummies were better cared for. Zombies are kind of right, just yeah, to the curb. Yeah. Again, we just dump them in the river. Also, I don't know how you kill a mummy. Zombies just like, you know. Unwrap. Headshot. Unwrap. Based on the uh, based on the movies I've saw, Transylvania 1, 2, and 3, <laughs> Adam Sandler's uh, best role, um, you can't really kill them. You just kind of unwrap them, and then there's kind of nothing. We have like all those old movies like The Wolfman, Invisible Man, Dracula mummy, but we haven't watched the mummy yet. So I want to watch that because I'm just curious to see. Like, the, wait, is it the, like the Tom Cruise mummy? No, these are ones from like the 30s and like the one that like, ruined like the, I d- I do the monster see. universe. Yeah, you're supposed to do the whole universal yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I do want to see that just because it did kill the whole thing. Because like cause the first one was like Dracula, whatever it was, or Orlando Bloom was Dracula. Wait, what? Yeah, like the first one in that series was Dracula Untold or whatever, and it was like Orlando Bloom was Dracula, and then it was supposed to be the mummy. Okay. And then it was whatever's next. Yeah, they do Jekyll and Hyde. I remember. Yeah, Invisible Man. They're gonna do. But I guess Mummy was so bad. Like Dracula Untold came out, but Mummy was so bad. Dracula Untold was that Orlando Bloom? Yeah, or, I, I thought so. it was like Carl Car- Urban. No, was it? No, was it Carl? Dracula. We're really. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I do want to watch because I'm just curious of like how do you kill a mummy? Do you really? Does he do? Uh, just Luke rapper? Evans. I'm sorry. Luke Evans. That's what it was. Not Orlando Bloom. That, yeah, I saw that movie. The movie was alright. The the uh, the the dad from Game of Thrones was in that the the dad Tar- from Tar- Game of Thrones Targaryen not Targaryen Lannister. There's so many people. Uh, the, the Lannister, like the dad, the 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 one that uh, gets shot on the toilet with a crossbow. Oh, that dude. Yeah. Okay, that was Lannister. Lannister, yeah. I said Targaryen originally, but yeah, he's Charles in that, Dance. Yeah, he's in that movie. He's, he's a master vampire. Yep. There's some cool stuff in there. I didn't know. I didn't know that was part of the whole. 
kicking off that thing. It's supposed to be, I think, is how that was. I, I could be totally wrong, but I'm almost positive that was yeah, Universal. Universal made it. That was when they were trying to make. Man, those old mummy movies were good though. Like the the first two with um, Brendan Fraser. Oh, they were great. Scorpion King. That was a third I, didn't, one I didn't see that one. At the Rock. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I've never seen either of them. Mummy, Mummy Two. I mean, that's the top of Brendan Fraser's game. Yeah. Right before he did, uh, was it Dudley? Uh, do right. Do right. <laughs> yeah, Dudley, do right. Well, back to the <laughs> the mystery right hands. There. It seems like we. It was Dudley do right all along. D- Dudley right was the one who wrapped the Egyptian lady. Yeah, and then so, Tom Cruise ruined it. Well, as he does most things. We have a lady wrapped in Etruscan linen book. Yeah. Buried in Egypt. Scroll. Scroll. Yeah. yeah. Found again. And here we are. We have no idea how she got there. We know who she was, technically. We don't know how she got there. Not only that, I think one thing, jump back, her name, her information they found about her was on Papias. That was in the tomb with her. Right. Whatever. So they were going to go back that, and find that. But that's, that's the Egyptian. paper. Yeah. 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 So why wasn't why was the Etruscan book there? Why didn't they just write it on linen? Oh, what the hell, man! And he was a tailor too. Her husband that, was that a tailor. That changes things. No, uh, oh wow. Why was that written on a papyrus, and she had wrappings that were linen cloth? Maybe her husband was Etruscan. He was a tailor. Yeah. I, the uniting of two worlds. The original Romeo and Juliet. There you go. Back to Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Full circle. Those blue eyes. Just bring me down. Bring my knees to the ground. Well, I think that's all we have for this episode because, again. Yeah, that was cool, man. I never even, I never heard of this. So I think it's really It's not really well done. With this. Yeah. I Like I said, I just searched around, found something that was ancient Egypt. There's not a lot of information on this story, but there's a lot of information on theories. But that's what makes it cool. Like, the, it opens up the world of possibilities. What like, it could actually yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. two things. There's something not in the right spot. Right. And But again, we don't really know if there are other mummies floating around out there to this day. I mean, they could have yeah. been. They could have been destroyed. Yeah. Or they get someone, like I said earlier, could have had one of these in their house and not realize they had yeah. the Etruscan yeah. linen And they just it. brought it away. Yeah. It's stuck in a basin somewhere or something. Well... That is all we have for you this episode. Um, thank you all for joining us. Jordan, thank you for being here and listening to me thank you. talk about this. Uh, we do have uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Trying. Twitter, still going, hopefully. It's tough. It's tough. Please getting old. take a look at that. YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast feed, like any pla- we're on every pa- podcast platform currently, um, please subscribe to either the podcast feed or go on to YouTube. We do have YouTube. We have live videos if you want to see our faces and who wouldn't. Please check out the other episodes we have. If you're watching us on YouTube, know that you can also watch us, listen to us as a podcast. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to like say you should go to other places because of monetization or whatever YouTube does. I don't oh, really right. know what the how this all works yet. We're still figuring that stuff out. But you can go ahead and subscribe to us if you'd like. If you like us, listen on podcast and then watch it again on YouTube. Yeah. Hey, just hit that button and walk away. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Don't even listen. Just as long yeah. as you hit play, I don't care. So but if you um, liked us, like our stuff, if you could help us out by subscribing to us in any way you can. And we would love to hear from you via email or on social media if you have any ideas for episodes, stories That'd like this. That'd be great. We would love to research them, figure out more, find out more. If you have a 
maybe from your hometown, wherever you're from, small, like this, like this Labyrinthius thing. It's not really well known, but it's a mystery. All right, next week, we're back again, hopefully. Jordan's up next. Yep. And he's going to be talking about a mystery. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> Weird. A couple Weird guys talking about mysteries. Who would have thought? A couple guys in a mystery. Thought? Based on the title. A couple pals in a mystery. A couple pals in a mystery. Well, we thank you all. We love you all. Jordan, you're the best. Thank you for being here. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks. Thank you. And we will see you or hear from you or listen to you. We won't do any of that. But watch you while you sleep. We will be back next week. You will listen to us or see us or <laughs> yes, yeah, that, you or will. see us. Yeah, you'll do that. We won't be doing that because that's not how the internet works. Yeah, we don't yet. know you. We don't know you. Except right. for mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> yeah. Hi, family people. Because <laughs> yeah. that's it. All right, thank you, and good night. Stay mysterious. Stay mysterious.